Over the years, I have put out literally hundreds of free videos on overcoming retroactive jealousy. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. I don't, I've lost count at this point. I don't know how many. Needless to say, of all the hours and hours and hours of content I've put out in my online courses on overcoming retroactive jealousy. So I say that to sort of make the point clear that I have a lot to say on this topic. It's a topic that I remain absolutely fascinated by, very interested in picking apart. I think it's actually a really significant and deep and profound and interesting topic in general. But the point is, I could go on for hours about this topic. I'm not going to do that today. In today's video, I'm going to keep it very short, very focused, very clear. I'm going to share three ways you can stop thinking about your partner's past. My name is Zachary Stockhill from RetroactiveJealousy.com, and since 2013, I've been helping men and women from all over the world confront and overcome their retroactive jealousy. By the way, if you didn't know, retroactive jealousy refers to unwanted intrusive thoughts and often obsessive curiosity about a partner's past relationships and or sexual history. If you'd like more information about my work or you'd like to work with me one-on-one, -on -one, please visit my website at retroactivejealousy.com. The first way you can start overcoming retroactive jealousy, i.e. unwanted intrusive thoughts about your partner's past, is to learn to practice observing your thoughts rather than identifying with your thoughts, rather than reacting to them. Observation gives you power. Observation helps you take the power back. Because when we're struggling with intrusive thoughts, when we're struggling with mental movies about our partner's past, when we're struggling with all these things, it's very tempting and seductive to think that you're a victim of your thoughts. Your brain is reacting in a certain way and it's like, I can't turn it off. I don't know what to do. I have these thoughts and there's nothing I can do about them. And more crucially, these thoughts have the power to disrupt my day. I'm at the mercy of these thoughts and my emotional reaction to these thoughts is completely guaranteed. I cannot change my reaction to these thoughts. When you learn to practice observing your thoughts rather than responding to them, miracles start to happen. And it takes practice, I want to emphasize. It's not about an overnight cure, an overnight fix, because that doesn't exist, unfortunately, when it comes to this issue. It's about changing your mental habits, changing some of the neural pathways in your brain to produce a more sustained, calm, and peaceful response to these thoughts whenever they come up. Let me illustrate this with a very clear example. Let's say I'm walking down the street and I have an intrusive thought about my girlfriend's past. Let's say I'm picturing her in bed with her ex. Now, in certain situations in my past, we're talking over 10 years ago, a while ago, I would have this thought and I would immediately have an emotional response to the thought. So there's the thought of my girlfriend with her ex and then there's my response to that thought. You know, this could in include things like this dialogue in my head or this monologue in my head oh, I'm so sick of feeling this way and I'm just so frustrated and like, Jesus, I'm just, I, I can't take it anymore. And what if she prefers her ex to me? And what if I'm not as good looking as him? And what if they had better sex? And you see what I mean? I'm having a highly charged emotional response to that thought, right? Now, many people think that their emotional response to the thought is completely, you know, together with the thought. It's, it, they're part of the same thing. They are inseparable. You know, there's the thought and then there's my emotional response to the thought. This is a lie. This is a complete lie. Because the thought and your response to it are two completely different things. And the good news for you and me and all of us is we can change our response to that thought. So in the same scenario, let's say I'm walking down the street on my way to get a fantastic cup of coffee. I'm feeling good. There's birds singing, all the rest. It's great. And I have this negative thought about my girlfriend with her past partner, right? This negative thought comes out of the blue of her in bed with her ex. Right? Okay, so now I'm changing my response to that thought. 
right now, instead of reacting to it, I might have a momentary, like a bit of tension, like, oh, here's that thought again. But my response can simply be, okay, here's this thought. I see you, Mr. Thought. Okay, you're there. Okay, that's fine. I'm going to continue on with my day. I'm going to turn up the podcast that I'm listening to that's so fascinating. I can't wait for that coffee. I wonder where they got their beans from, this local coffee shop that I love. Do-do-do. Oh, there's a bird. Okay. Maybe the thought is still there after some time, and maybe I can feel my response again, react to that thought. I'll have this tension in my chest, like, oh, here it comes again, right? I need to continue changing my reaction to that thought. I need to observe it and simply sort of acknowledge it and say hi and move on with my day rather than respond emotionally to the thought. The point that I'm trying to emphasize here is once you start changing your reaction to intrusive, unwanted thoughts, whether they're about your partner's past or anything else, miracles start to happen. That's when change really starts to happen with this issue. Before the objection starts, it's easier said than done, Zach. I tried that and it didn't work. Okay. Well, I tried going to the gym one time and I didn't have a six pack the next day. What's going on? In other words, it's like going to the gym. It takes practice. It takes persistence. It takes dedication. Not a very sexy message in the in modern era. You know, everyone wants a quick fix and a five minute hack and a quick this and all the rest. What I'm interested in is sustainable results. Results that are going to pay off over the long term rather than, you know, short term relief, short term gratification. But by the way, this approach will give you short term relief. It's not going to solve the problem overnight, but it will give you short-term relief, which will turn into medium-term relief, which will eventually turn into long-term relief. A big topic, I could go on about this for hours, <laughs> as I already mentioned. But my first point is start practicing observation rather than responding emotionally to your thoughts. What you resist persists. And if you resist the thought and have all this negative sort of feedback to the thought, it's only going to get stronger. And your brain is only going to get the message that this thought is important. I need to devote more time to this because look, Zach's having this emotional response to it must mean it's an important thought, which of course, it's not an important thought. Once you start practicing observation, eventually that thought will go away. It takes time, but I'm telling you, this practice, this new habit is 100% worth it. A second way you can stop thinking about your partner's past, related to the first method that I talked about earlier, is start some kind of basic meditation slash mindfulness routine. Something. Doesn't have to be my programs. I put out all kinds of guided meditation audio series Dealing specifically with retroactive jealousy, if you would like information about my guided meditations, there's a link in the bio. But if you don't like to support me, if you don't want my stuff, that's fine. The point is to find something that works for you. Some kind of meditation app, some kind of mindfulness practice that works for you, that's sustainable, that you can keep up doing over a long period of time, and something crucially that you're going to stay consistent with. People ask me about meditation all the time. I've been a meditator now for over 15 years, long time. And I always tell people, I think it's much better to meditate every day, say, for five minutes, than to meditate once a week for an hour. If you can only fit in five minutes or that's all you're comfortable with to start, that's great. Two minutes is better than zero minutes. And I also think it's important, especially when you're first starting out, to stay consistent with it over the long term. So shop around for any kind of mindfulness program or meditation app. Find something that resonates with you, something that works for you, something that you like, and stick with it over a long period of time. This will dramatically increase your chances of strengthening your ability to observe rather than react to your thoughts, to be able to let thoughts go. Meditation is a wonderful gift. It's free and open and available to everyone. I highly encourage you to devote some time looking into meditation, looking into mindfulness. Finally, I'm going to sneak my favorite one for last. Um, so I hope you'll, you'll be open to it. I often tell people the size of your problems is the size of your life. If as a man, my biggest problem in life is my girlfriend's past. 
I think I need bigger and better problems in my life. And by saying this, I don't mean to belittle you. I don't mean to say that retroactive jealousy isn't hell and torture and a serious problem. I'm not saying any of that. I've devoted a lot of my working life to this topic. It's something I feel very deeply about. I get it. I was once in your shoes. I remember very well what it was like to struggle with this little bastard of an issue we call retroactive jealousy. What I'm trying to emphasize here is I think it's crucial to maintain perspective on your entire life and not become obsessed with overcoming retroactive jealousy. And that's a really weird thing for a guy like me to say who's so devoted to this issue. What I'm saying is focus on the broader picture in your life. Get bigger and better problems. And by problems, you can substitute the word problems for challenges. In other words, what do you want to learn right now? How do you want to grow as a woman, as a man, as a person? What are some new skills and talents that you'd like to learn? What kind of work do you want to be doing? How can you improve that? Maybe you want to make more money. Maybe you want to have a bigger impact. Maybe you want to be a better father or mother or brother or son or daughter or whatever. What is your mission? Why are you here? And what do you want to do on this spinning rock in the sky before you die? What is your mission? What is your purpose? Why are you here? What do you want your life to be about? What do you want to accomplish on this spinning rock in the sky? What do you want to get done? Who do you want to be when you die? So start thinking about the bigger picture for your life. Get bigger and better problems. And the great thing about this is once you do this, retroactive jealousy starts to sort of gain some perspective in your life. You start having less mental bandwidth, less mental RAM, if you like, to think about your partner's past because you're so focused on your goals. You're so focused on your mission. You're so excited about all the different areas of your life that are getting better. You're excited about where you're going, so you're much less concerned about where your partner has been. There's a quote by Alan Watts that I like and, and that I cite all the time. Muddy water is best cleared by leaving it alone. In other words, of course, I think it's extremely important to devote some time, some attention, some effort to this issue of overcoming retroactive jealousy. But for example, my online course is not a year-long course for a reason. The goal is to get this handled as quickly as possible so you can move on to bigger and better problems in your life. Don't become obsessed with overcoming retroactive jealousy. Be sure you're maintaining perspective on your broader life. Invest time and habits and pursuits that are going to get you where you want to go. And again, when you do this, retroactive jealousy starts to become less and less important, less of a concern. Thanks for listening to the Zachary Stockhill podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast app of choice. To learn more about my work on jealousy, relationships, and more, please check out my YouTube channel at Zachary Stockhill. For information about my online courses, books, and coaching service, please visit my website at retroactivejealousy.com.